beyond the one we know, where the powers of darkness fear nothing but one man. represent the ruling body of the vampire nation. They're offering you a truce. They want to meet with you. You sure about this? They'll take us in deeper than we've ever been. Now, those he has sworn to kill need his help to fight a new breed of terror. They're no longer top of the food chain. Our forces are ready to fight, but we need a leader. Let me get this right. You want me to hunt them for you? Take us in. All right. Welcome back, listeners, to Scary Sci-Fi Sluts. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Kenny. And And what are we going to be reviewing today, Kenny? So the long-awaited follow-up to Blade. Uh, Today we're discussing Blade 2, which released March 22nd, 2002. So... Was that four years after the first one? And uh, this one is directed by Guillermo del Toro, once again written by David S. Goyer. Um, so some of the so cast and crew stuff here. Uh, cinematographer for the movie was Gabriel Barriston, who um, he's done a lot of work on uh, some Marvel stuff, actually. So. He did additional photography for movies like Thor Ragnarok, um, Thor The Dark World, all three Iron Man movies. He did Suicide Squad. Um, He, I guess he worked on the new Black Widow movie. He did the Agent Carter TV show. Um, So a handful of things. He stayed busy throughout the years. Producer-wise, we have Avia Rod, who uh, I'm not quite sure what his role is but he's he's like had his hands deep in the fox and um some marvel uh fox and uh what, oh God, what's fox and sony that's what i was thinking fox and sony superhero marvel projects so he produced like the marvel animated series for x-men iron man uh hulk fantastic four back in the 90s and you know early 2000s he was a producer on the X-Men movies from the early 2000s, the Spider-Man movies, and pretty much every Fox and Sony comic book movie to date, which is pretty interesting. Uh, then we also have Toby Emmerich as a, another producer, and he's, he's kind of all over the board. He, produce, he produces a lot of um, comedies. I was looking over his, his filmography, and it's, he's done things like Game Night, Fist Fight, <clears throat> Um, Hall Pass, Horrible Bosses, Harold and Kumar, the Rush Hour series, and then also some bigger budget things like the Hobbit series and uh, Rampage, San Andreas. So kind of interesting there. Uh, Who do we got in this movie? Oh, we got a couple big names. Um, 
Wesley Snipes. We, of course, know him from the first movie and his big run in the 90s. Uh, Chris Christopherson, Ron Perlman, of course, uh, Leonore Varela, Norman Reedus, the new famous actor from Walking Dead, and Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. We're going to talk about no Donnie Yen. <laughs> you know who Donnie Yen is. What are you talking about? Oh, look, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That Donnie Yen. Look up a picture of Donnie Yen right now. You know who Donnie Yen is. Come on. He's only the, uh, you know. Is he related pop- to Kylo Ren? <laughs> He's his long lost Asian brother. <laughs> He's like the most impressive and important stunt choreographer and martial artist in oh, he, like he China. Jacked. Yeah, this he, this guy's so cool. He's he's really big in in you know Chinese movies. He does a lot of like martial arts stuff. He's kind of like the younger, newer age uh, Jackie Chan, but it, I guess he's actually getting up there in age. I think he just turned fifty something. Is he going to be in the new uh, Mortal Kombat movie? You know, I wouldn't be surprised. That'd be, that'd be pretty badass. He would fit, but. I think now that he's getting a little bit older, um, I'm pretty sure he's transitioning more to just doing like stunt choreography and maybe like some producing and directing, kind of like Jackie Chan's doing when he was younger. He did a lot of acting, a lot, a lot of acting, but he also um, started to dip his hands more in the behind the scenes stuff. So that's what he does primarily now. Uh, As far as box office goes, this movie cost roughly 54 million to make which i mean you think about in 2002 that's still really cheap um i don't know off the top of my head how much the the x-men and the spider-man movies cost but i can (laughs) pretty much guarantee it was much more than 54 million so (laughs) slim budget um and grossed 155 million worldwide 82 million in the u.s so I mean, if you look at the worldwide box office, it, it made back three times, or I guess after marketing and such, maybe two and a half, two times its budget, which I think the studio would consider a success. Maybe not like, you know, significant like um, Avengers and stuff nowadays, but I, I feel like back in yeah, 2002. Compared, compared to today's winnings, I mean, that's a failure, but. <laughs> yeah, it's like day, it's a bomb. That a, that's a hit. <laughs> Yeah, so pretty good. And um, what's interesting is since this came out in 2002, this was when superhero movies were really kicking off. This was like right in the middle of it because you had X-Men, which came out in, I think, either 99 or 2000. I want to say it's 2000. Um, Spider-Man 1 came out around this time. I think it was 2001, 2000. I think it was 2001, maybe. Uh, so yeah this this was really when comic book movies were starting to get into the scene um, because you know a year or two later you would have the Hulk movie uh, you have the Fantastic Four movies coming out so Sony and and Fox were starting to really push these out because yeah I don't know if their overall uh, finances were drooping or something so like hey we got to get back in the game and get some more movies out but it's good time interesting time to to be alive when this all first kicked off yeah i wish i could have seen it in theaters 
that. We're a little, little <laughs> too young. Yeah, let's see. What? How old would we have been in 2002? Let's see, seven uh, years old. Seven. <laughs> I I do think though. Um, I don't I don't remember exactly what year, but Jurassic Park three came out sometime around here. Maybe maybe it was like 2005, 2004 or something. But I think that was the first rated R movie I saw in theaters. And like I remember that being scary when I when I went to see it. So, uh, all right. My first rated R movie when I was eighteen, like a real adult. <laughs> was it American Pie? No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> American Pie Bandcamp. Oh, nice. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to hop into the plot summary here, and then after that, um, we're going to start breaking into the movie so yep uh for two years blade has been searching for his old mentor whistler who was supposed to be dead because he dramatically shot himself in the first film but i guess we're going to hell with continuity in this one it turns out that vampires let whistler turn but have kept him sedated and in hiding blade finally tracks whistler down and injects a vampire cure into him which this cure comes out of nowhere and then is never mentioned again and soon after Whistler's rescue, Blade, Whistler, and Scud, played by Norman Reedus, who is uh, Blade's new assistant, are attacked by two ninjas, I mean vampires. These vampires, Assad and Nyssa, call for a truce with Blade, telling him of a new mutated breed of vampire called the Reapers. They tell Blade that they need his help in hunting the Reapers and their leader, Nomak, because of the dangers that the Reapers pose to both humans and vampires. Well, Blade agrees, and Assad and Nyssa bring in a team of useless vampires who are essentially different character classes in a video game. That's very true. Uh, You've got Reinhardt, the Nazi-looking squad leader, played by Ron Perlman, the damage dealer, blonde douche named Chupa. Uh, We have the tank, a big European dude with no shirt, uh, big hammer. And Celtic tattoos. That's all very gamer-like. <laughs> yeah. The rogue Asian who's going to be squatting and sneaking around the whole time. Uh, swordsman Karate Master, played by Donnie Yen, of course. Some chick with red hair and a guy <laughs> named Priest who literally does nothing. Uh, Blade and the squad investigate a vampire nightclub, much like we've seen in the first movie, where they find a handful of Reapers. They try to kill them with garlic, unlimited silver bullets, that's a good note, and swords, but nothing seems to work. Suddenly, they remember that they have UV lights at the very last minute uh, on their guns, which they basically discover is the only thing that works to kill the Reapers. Whistler tracks down the Reaper nest to the sewers, and the squad suits up to prepare for battle. Armed to the teeth with weapons that don't do anything against Reapers, and with some UV grenades that Scud made at the very last minute, the squad enters the sewers. Nearly all of the vampire squad members die before Blade is finally able to detonate the UV bomb, which kills all the Reapers except for Nomak. Blade finds Nyssa on the brink of death and allows her to suck his blood to recover. A team of vampires storm the sewers, and under the command of Reinhardt, they capture Blade. It turns out that Scud and Reinhardt had been in cahoots and were just using Blade to eradicate the Reapers. With Blade now captured, the vampire leader hooks him up to a device to drain and harvest Blade's blood, which he plans on using to create a better breed of vampire. 
Nomak is actually the vampire leader's son who he experimented on, which created the mutant reapers. Oh, that's me. Uh, <laughs> pissed off at his father and on a path of death and destruction, Nomak storms the vampire base, killing all the vampires, his father included. Blade gets rescued by Whistler, kills Reinhardt, and then fights Nomak, eventually killing him. And there we have all it. Right. Blade So that two. was actually pretty quick, um, but I do feel like we have a lot to get into with this. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get the show started with some um, trivia, interesting facts, uh, anything of uh, background stuff. What do you got? All right. Uh, let's see. So Wesley Snipes has admitted that this is his personal favorite Blade movie. Um, interesting. Kind of interesting. Slim Pickens. I wonder how he landed on this one being his favorite. Yeah, I, I would have thought it'd be the first one because I, I think compared to the first one, this one has a lot less like um, one-liner and camera focusing on Blade moments. I think the first one has mm -hmm. a lot more of that. Interesting. Uh, let's see. To... What we got... Let's go to the spoilers. Love spoilers. Oh my god, there was 110 body count. That's it? That's not enough. That's I'm pretty sure that's how much how many people John Wick kills in one movie by himself. That's true. <laughs> uh oh uh, cool stuff about the enemies closer a bit. Uh, I guess you can see Scud right over his left shoulder when he says that. Yeah, I don't... I, I, I saw that and I was like that could have been on purpose, but I really don't think this movie's intelligent enough to have some deeper meaning behind that. Right. That was an afterthought uh, by the, the viewer. Yeah. We get a lot of the trivia and interesting facts from IMDb trivia, so I think anyone can go and put on whatever they want. So some of this might be bullshit. Uh, oh, the original script actually planned for a, a sex scene between him and Nyssa, which I feel like that would have actually given us a lot better buildup between the characters. So they should have left that in. Yeah, because there was no um, chemistry between the two. I don't know. I don't know how you felt about it, but... I it was very nothing. like zero to 60 of him caring for this woman and like falling for her. Right. But it also, it, it like didn't click because I don't know how you felt about her acting, but I thought it was so flat. It was so bad. Like, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if she's a bad actress it, or, or what's going on, but if it was a script. Yeah. Both. It just didn't feel deserved. And I feel like, the real blade would have just left her to die because she served her purpose. Yeah. So I don't know what he's doing there. Yeah. Well, well I guess we'll get more into it once we move along the, uh, some of the details. Uh, what do you got for trivia? You got anything good? Yeah, I got a little handful of things. Um, just something I noticed between um, the ratings from the first and the second one. 
looking back before re-watching this one, I, I always remembered the second one being the best out of the trilogy. Um, so I, I thought I'd share some, uh, some of the ratings. So Blade 2 had a 6.7 uh, viewer rating 6.7 out of 10 viewer rating on imdb with a 52 metacritic score while the first one had a 7.1 viewer rating and a 45 metacritic score so seems hmm. like critics liked this one a little bit more um i wonder if it's because of you know the the extra talent the extra kutzpah that uh <clears throat> guillermo del toro brings to the table um, but then viewers rated it a little bit lower. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes wise, this one got a 57%. So it's rated rotten um, from the critics and then 68% from viewers. So not very high, which I'm, I'm actually surprised. Mm. I, thought, I thought the viewer score would be a little bit higher. Um, compared to the first one, it got a 55%. So also rotten. And then the viewers gave it yeah. 78%. So that actually, that pretty closely, no, actually it, it's kind of the reverse of the Metacritic. Um, so just interesting to see. I, I always thought this one would be, you know, had higher regards than the first one. Um, Donnie Yen, uh, he served as one of the fight choreographers and martial arts coordinators for the movie, which obviously you can tell like, there's a lot of martial arts stuff going on in this one, kind of for no reason. Um, and knowing the background of Donnie Yen, it's, you know, it was clear to me just, just from seeing him in the movie that he had a hand in that stuff. Uh, the editor for the movie was Peter Amundsen. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, Peter, but he, uh, worked on a couple other movies with Guillermo del Toro. So he did Pacific Rim. Um, he edited Hellboy 1, maybe Hellboy 2, I think just the first one. Uh, he edited uh, another similar franchise. Um, so the Underworld movies, he, he was an editor for Underworld 3. And then also the 1998 piece of shit Godzilla movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this one's true. I actually, having seen this movie twice, I forgot to pay attention to this fact, but I found this on IMDb trivia. So if it's, if it's true, good for you, the person who wrote this. If it's false, fuck you. Um, <laughs> someone said Scud is wearing a uh, BPRD t-shirt um, at some point in the movie, which is a Bureau of Paranormal Research Development or something, something like that but it's from Hellboy. Um, huh. it's, it's the department that Hellboy works for. So apparently at some point in the movie, Scott is wearing a t-shirt that has that symbol or something, which if it's true, it foreshadows uh, Guillermo del Toro making the Hellboy movie because that the first one came out in 2003 or 2004. So that'd oh, be wow. interesting. Um, another thing I saw, Michael Jackson was once going to have a cameo as a vampire pimp. But due to scheduling conflicts, he couldn't play the pimp. So I would have loved to see that. I would have um, loved to see any vampire pimp, even if it wasn't him. Yeah, but him him or like Prince would have just made it way, way better. Uh, I guess originally in the, in the first or second draft or something, David Goyer wanted Morbius the Living Vampire to be the main villain instead of Nomak. Um, so that would have been cool to see. 
but knowing how the world of comic books work and you know pre marvel acquiring all the all the properties back pre disney getting all the titles back um depending on which characters they were they were you know sony could was licensed to make these characters fox was licensed to make these and then blah 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 all over the place so um, mm-hmm. it's just interesting that the thought was there which um I was doing some a little bit of background reading on Blade's character, and Morbius, the living vampire, does have a role in uh, in Blade's background. I, I think maybe he bit him or something. I, I don't know, something like that. If uh, any of our listeners oh. or viewers are super into the Blade comics, you should definitely uh, leave a comment or shoot, shoot us a message and, and tell us, you know, what what that connection is. Because I just glanced over it briefly. Um, yeah, I wonder how that's going to play out with uh, the remake of Blade coming out and then the Morbius movie in 2022. I have a feeling like it'd be cool if they connected or if there's like Easter eggs and stuff, but Morbius is is produced by Sony. They have the rights to it. And the the new Blade movie is, is Marvel and Disney property. So I don't think there's going to be any connection unless they sign a deal like they did with uh, Spider-Man, which would be so awesome. I really hate that licensing isn't fully a part of Marvel yet. Like, there's still snippets that don't belong to them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really just because Sony's like, Spider-Man's our cash cow. We're not going to hand him over. Like, yeah, right. Not not until we so go downhill as a company will we hand over Spider-Man. Um, so the Reapers are an adaptation of... Um, a character a, a creation that del toro had previously um and if you've ever seen the show the strain um i've never actually seen it i've been i've wanted to watch it uh the vampires in that series look almost identical to the reapers in this movie and um there's that connection because guillermo del toro i think he's like a executive producer of the strain series so he's had this concept of, of these reapers for quite some time that's interesting. Um, as of 2017, I don't know if this is still accurate today, but this is the only film Guillermo del Toro has worked on that he wasn't a writer for, which is, you know, kind of makes sense. Like, <clears throat> I don't know if you're too familiar with a lot of his movies, like Pan's Labyrinth and um, Hellboy, uh, Crimson Peak, and uh, mm-hmm. Shape of Water, but when he's writing the stories kind of have like really similar feels about like monsters and creatures kind of not being what they seem like i think this is a consistent theme throughout his movies like hellboy he i feel like he liked to he tackled the concept of hellboy because hellboy's like you know this demon character but like inside he's actually a good person and <clears throat> just mm-hmm. not, not so well understood kind of like a frankenstein's monster thing and it was really similar right. in the, the shape of water that's what the entire movie is about and um, right so it i i kind of caught on to that while watching this movie it didn't really feel like it had that guillermo del toro like flair that his other movies do so that was interesting to see um and one last note is uh Guillermo del Toro said at 
in either an interview or some DVD commentary that he did want this movie to feel like a, a blend between a comic book and Japanese anime, which is pretty interesting. And, you know, I actually, I see that. I don't know how you feel about Oh, that. yeah. He hit it. <laughs> yeah. It feels very, very comic booky and very anime style. Um, all right. So do you have anything else trivia-wise, interesting behind-the-scenes stuff? No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to just get into um, the whole movie and what you thought about the choices that Guillermo made and just the whole flow. Okay. Well, we'll... We'll start off at the top here. So the movie opens in the Czech Republic and you see Blade running around. He's, um, we find out that he's been looking for Whistler for the past two years because continuity doesn't matter. And how do you feel feel about about this? (laughs) It was, it pissed me off. Like I've watched this movie twice in the past, you know, week and it, God, it just makes me so mad. Like I, Already from the first one, I really wasn't a big fan of Whistler's character. Um, I don't know if it's just how he's written, if it's how he's portrayed by Chris Christopherson, but I just really didn't care. And he just felt like a like an archetype, like a stereotype character. And I hate that he was back. They should have just left him and just let it be done. But David S. Goyer was like, oh, no, I miss him. And I got to make it so that he's not dead. So they bring him back. How do you how do you feel about Whistler? So I remember watching the first one, and when he dies, I immediately thought about how like I was like I I think he comes back in the second or third one. <laughs> yeah. And I don't remember how they do it. Yeah. And, and... <laughs> when they when they did it in this, I was like that. It, it wasn't the worst thing in the world because I feel like they at least played it off in a way that was kind of safe and okay having it be that, like, oh, he... They they just never fully explained it. Like, did vampires show up and take the gun from him? Did he choose not to shoot himself? <laughs> it just, like, it makes no sense, though, because if, if that's what happened, yeah. A, Blade was walking away when he shot himself, so he would have heard, seen, felt vampires showing up and being like, don't shoot yourself, I'm gonna take you. And also, yeah. like, it was m- made out to be so dramatic in the first one blade slowly walking away and then in the background and and also we see in this one blade kept the gun that whistler used to kill himself in this box he would have went back he would have went back and then i i just don't understand (laughs) this made me so mad oh missing body that's that's not normal at all whatever i guess they must have taken him Ah, it's ridiculous um but how do you feel about the intro to this movie, though? So it actually starts off with, uh, we see Nomak, and uh, he goes to this, like, blood bank type thing. And he, for whatever reason, pretends to be scared and pretends to be, like, a human there to donate blood to the vampires. But then he flips a switch and then starts killing everyone. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about the intro? Yeah, I definitely thought it was weird. Um... It, it seemed a little bit rushed because I can't remember exactly what scene we get to Blade finally fighting, but I feel like they should have just left it with that similar feel. Yeah. Because um, there was a lot that, like, we didn't know about right off the bat of, like, what kind of blood bank is this and 
what are they doing? Who are these people? So. Yeah, I, I feel like it. I don't either it needed to be written better or just like cut that scene out entirely and you know let us hear about Nomak kind of in in the background like not show him immediately I feel like it's kind of a unnecessary scene um, yeah and then but uh, of course we you know we get a little inside peek at to to what he's all about in this intro like we see him doing the alien thing from his mouth and uh we see him he looks directly at a camera and says i hate vampires so um i don't know a little too expository i feel like they could have just gave us more whisperings of it later on in the movie i don't know um yeah i think it could have could have been a little bit cooler if like the first 10 minutes was kind of like a montage almost straight into a montage of blade hunting down vampires and then you kind of see in the background of like this other figure who he runs into sometimes yeah that's also killing vampires but you don't know or see like how he's doing it exactly so yeah but instead we get this shitty montage following that scene it's like a blend between a montage slash a flashback of blade voicing over saying oh, I'm a daywalker. And then we see little snippets from the first movie. And it's it's just like... I don't, I don't... <laughs> like that we got a second watch of his, like, explanation. Yeah, I don't know why they did this. Like, it's the not only... like a TV recap. It, yeah, exactly. It was like 30 seconds recapping us of, of what happened in the first movie. Like, I almost expected him to, to like, do it, Um, you know, in Ant-Man, how what's his face uh oh, michael pena <laughs> michael pena he, he's like so i was at the, i was like at this party and all this stuff happened <laughs> so i was like expecting that to happen and and then i just, met my mom and then she tried to kill me and, and then was she was like oh i got bit by this vampire who you're you've been hunting down for 20 years is it's it just so stupid um i was really i don't know really disappointed it was not a good way to start the movie but then Right after yeah. that, it, it cuts into a, you know, John Wick 2 style opening where we see Blade on the hunts and this is where he he finally finds Whistler and um, I, I like this part. I wish they just started with this. Like um, in the first Blade movie, how it, it the movie just kind of kicks off with him, um, you know, showing up to that underground dance club. I, I feel like that's a good way to start these movies. It gives you leaves a good taste in your mouth and tells you what's what's coming up so i wish they would have just started here my only complaint with this like i love the fight choreography but i yeah. feel like the the weapons that he uses are way too overpowered and there needs to be either a way higher death count or like a bigger struggle to actually kill these vampires because when he uses an automatic weapon he can kill like 50 of them in a minute I know. <laughs> it's so then, badass like, some get away and it makes no sense because like if you have this automatic weapon there should be no reason why right some of these guys are getting away but also i mean i i don't think this was ever explored in the first one but since he's using these silver bullets like how many bullets does it take to kill a vampire because when he's using this automatic pistol this like oozy pistol like i don't know if he's just unloading 50 bullets in them for fun or if it does it take one to kill them does yeah, it take 10 like he's just being careless because i think it shows in the scene at one point it slows it down and the uzi pops off like three bullets and you right. see the first one hit and he immediately vaporizes 
Yeah. And then like the second <laughs> two and three hit, but he was already dead. Yeah. So. So. If it were me, I'd be using like a a rifle, something with a little bit better range. Right, like a semi-automatic, maybe not a fucking full-on machine gun. Because you got to think, like, (laughs) they're making these bullets, right? Like, there's got to be a... Yeah, in one of the movies, don't they reference how much money it costs? And like how... I thought in like the third one or something. No, wasn't wasn't it the first one where he said, yeah, yeah, it was the first one. When he, um, remember, he stole that guy's watch, the cop's watch, and he's like, how do you think we feel this operation? <laughs> he's a thief. But there's also, I feel like uh, there should be a Blade 1.5 and a Blade 2.5 where they, it's like the in-between where they show it takes two years to make all the bullets that they use in this movie because <laughs> they use fucking infinite bullets in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, or I want a at least like a supernatural explanation where like you see the boys doing like credit card scams and like uh-huh. getting money elsewhere. Yeah, it's it's the that would be in the Blade TV show where you know you you know how TV series you have the filler episodes <laughs> that'd be a filler episode. Oh yeah, I'd um, watch that. <laughs> but one thing I, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but uh, one thing throughout the movie I saw is. The CGI in it for 2002 is actually pretty fucking good. Like, I don't know if it's the just the CGI or if it's the um, the editing, but there's they like kind of used. I, I almost want to say they overused um, some of the CGI. Maybe it's because the technology got so much better and they wanted to show it off. But there's like a lot of flips and transitions from CGI to like normal in this movie Mm. um and it was definitely intentional but i felt like it was actually done really really well for 2002 like there are a handful of transitions where blade would do like a backflip or get knocked into the air and then fall back onto the ground and the way it was edited was almost seamless like it looked really fucking good yeah it wasn't too cheesy it was very smooth there wasn't like a dramatic cut where he's like flipping and then you could cut back and forth and yeah yeah I, I do think though good. it was it was a little bit overkill <laughs> like they could have pulled back just a little bit yeah but th- I, that's why i think they wanted to show off that brand new technology or something because they they did overuse it a little bit it was like all over the place yeah they got the trial version they wanted to use it up within the <laughs> six days. yeah they have seven days to to use it up to use a adobe premiere or something um yeah so then uh, we meet after he saves whistler we meet uh scud played by a, a young baby face norman reedus who of course he's super popular now from the hit show the walking dead but uh at this time I, I don't even think i would i would have known who he was because he was in like the boondock saints which is kind of a popular cult ish movie kind of an indie cult movie um i don't really know what else he's been in outside of that do you think of anything hey, hold up we gotta pause real quick i gotta get my dog some water before they kill each other shit okay um let's see so scud yeah played by norman reedus um he he's the new 
I guess Blade found him to kind of like replace Whistler and be his new like tech guy and supply him with all this gear and stuff. And for some reason, he's always watching Powerpuff Girls. I don't know why that is. Did you see that in the the background? Yeah. <clears throat> like it's so. I don't know random. if that was part of the trivia with like one of the producers or who who was Something. a part of that and why. There, yeah, there must have been some type of connection because we see it like three times throughout the movie. And the first time I was like, that looks really familiar. What is that? And then after that, I'm like, okay, that's Power of Girls. Uh, it could not be related <laughs> though, and he could just be a weirdo. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so next we have probably my least favorite scene in the entire movie. This is where the vampire ninjas bust into Blade's hideout. This part makes literally zero sense. So Nissa and Asad, who we meet, they're the vampire ninjas. They break into Blade's hideout apparently because they want to strike a deal with him they want to have a, a you know a peace a truce but they still sneak in they use magnesium flares to block out all of blade's cameras and then they have a ninja fight with blade for like 10 whole minutes before they stop and say wait we're here for a truce like this makes no sense at all and also halfway through the fight blade tells scud to hit the spotlights and so we get this like big stadium spotlight thing shining on blade ninja fighting with the with the two vampire ninjas and it's like one of the most ridiculous comic booky i'll give it that it's very very comic booky mm-hmm. but one of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen on the big screen and it's just it made me so mad. Like it was so dumb. Yeah, I mean, I I liked it for the fight scene because that was obviously fun to watch. Um, yeah, I I love seeing some ninja vampires that like make <laughs> no sound and they're flying all over the place, like yeah. sneaking in there. But it was definitely like, what are we doing here? Yeah, and... they were, they were there for a truce. It just doesn't make any sense. Why are they fighting? yeah then he says like oh your guy fired first like no you snuck in there and threw grenades you snuck in you broke our cameras you fucking bust down the door like (laughs) this is so stupid um yeah so they offer blade the truce and they're like hey we need you for this reason and and uh so they take blade whistler and scud over to meet um the vampire overlord Demeskinos or Demeskinos, whatever his name is. And clearly, like, it's supposed to be a big twist at the very end of the movie that Nomak is Demeskinos' son. But, like, from our first introduction to him, I was like, these motherfuckers look exactly the same. They're both bald, <laughs> shiny, and pale as hell. Clearly, they're like father and son. So, this is a terrible twist. Twist. I'll admit. <laughs> I didn't see it until they were with each other at the same time in the end. What? And I, I was like, <laughs> I was watching and I was like, wait a second, how the fuck did I not see this in the very beginning? They're clearly the same person. They look exactly the same, bro. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and uh, yeah, so 
they uh Demeskinos tells Blade all about what's going on and why that why he needs help to kill Nomak and blah 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 and um he like assigns them this vampire SWAT team that took them two years to put together but they've been training for two years and it was a team initially assigned to to hunt down Blade and they all suck ass major ass like if they've been training for two years good god are the vampires screwed because these people suck um and they're they're called the blood pack which you know it's a cool video game name and so we we get introduced to all members of the blood pack and this is this is where it really sunk in for me i kind of felt from the start of this movie that it was like this kind of feels like it'd be a you know a video game. I'd, I'd play this on PS2 or something. And then when we meet oh, yeah. all the members of the Blood Pack, I'm like, holy shit! This is the tutorial section, the intro section of a game where, you know, you can go, you click left or you click right, and it goes to the next character class. Here we have the brute. Here we have the tank. Here we have the the team leader, the healer. And I was like, this is this is ridiculous, but in a good way. Which character would you have picked in the video game? Oh, the Asian swordsman rogue, of course. But oh, the guy with the tank. <laughs> it's just—it was seriously so dumb. Like they're slowly panning to each character. This is priest. It's like in um in Suicide Squad. You know the the really funny scene where oh, God. where um whatever uh, Joel Kinnaman's character. What I forget his name, but he's on the plane, like introducing everyone. He's like. This is Katana. She's got my back. <laughs> it's like so fucking dumb. Um, and then Reinhardt, yeah. who's like the squad leader, played by Ron Perlman, um, which I got to say, out of all the people in this movie, Ron Perlman seemed like he was having just as much fun in this movie as Wesley Snipes. He seemed like he was having a hell of a time. <laughs> yeah, I I have a lot to to say about this this whole squad because i feel like for one they they should have put in at least a few more big names i don't know who all was big at the time but they they could have gotten a couple more celebrities if they had the budget and would have done it right and that would have made it at least a little bit more enjoyable well maybe maybe they did offer out you know send out the the notice to some bigger names but then they their agents and then read the script and were like what the fuck do these people do in this movie? They do nothing. They're so useless. Oh, they all die? No thanks. <laughs> no thank you. Uh, uh. And then two, I feel like it was so out of place and they should have gone one of two ways. Either one, he just immediately kills all of them because he has this overpowered machine gun uh-huh. and they're still the enemy. Or he refuses at first and then they have to save his ass when he goes out and tries to kill these new vampires. You know, that that would have been a little bit better. You know, I would see that working better because what we get in the movie is it's it they do absolutely nothing. Like the yeah. first first um member of this squad to die is the character named Priest. And why is he named Priest? Because it's cool, I guess. He doesn't look like a priest, he doesn't carry a Bible, like and he does nothing. I don't even think he has a a full sentence in this movie he has like two words and then he gets killed by one of the reapers and it's it's just like 
mind-boggling. Why, why not cut half of these characters? Like, if, if they're going to have this cool vampire squad, have them do something and maybe only have, like, two members instead of seven or however many they were. They, they do absolutely well, yeah, and we, we don't even get to see any special attributes or magic or anything crazy that these special characters nothing. possess. Like, they didn't... They just had weird armor. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is the stereotype. This is the archetype of this, this, this. But then it's not like they do something with those archetypes. It's just, oh, this person looks like this. This person looks like that. We have the Asian dude. Of course he knows karate and jump kicks. Like, at least yeah, have them do none something. Of them, none of them reached level five, so they couldn't <laughs> unlock their special power. Yep, they they did the free trial. They didn't pay for the subscription. Or they, they burnt it out in the... Uh, the first act but we didn't see it and so it's still recharging the whole movie uh, <laughs> uh there is one little little shot here that i do really like one of my favorites in the movie is um you know after blade meets everyone and then clearly him and ron perlman butt heads and he starts like bitch slapping ron perlman's character and he's like he's like he takes a silver bullet and he starts like flipping it around and he goes psh, 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 and it oh my god it cracked me up that was the only good thing to come out of this scene. Um, yeah, it, it, it was just weird. And another funny part is uh, Blade, you know, he looks at the group and he's like, well, you're all taking orders from me now. And, you know, it's pretty badass Wesley Snipes getting to, to own the character like that. And then he asks the group if there's anyone has any questions. And the camera pans to Donnie Yen and holds on him for a second. And I was just thinking, in his head, he's probably like, uh, does somebody know Chinese? I don't know English. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the, he, he takes the group and they head out to this another vampire nightclub. Because I guess nightclubs are literally the only place that vampires hang out in this universe. Because yeah. we've seen like six of them so far. <laughs> um, and one thing I thought doesn't really make much sense is... Um, Apparently, the vampires have had to adapt because Blade has, you know, been killing so many of this them. This was so stupid. Yeah, they they adapt and they like Blade's like, oh, how do you know this is a vampire base? And then Nissa, she like hands him goggles or something, right? And she's like, look, you you didn't see it, and he sees they have the vampire insignia in, you know, whatever the. You know that um, disappearing ink that you get as a kid? Yeah. Like disappearing ink painted on the building. And it just didn't make sense that she would spill these secrets to him. Because then, you know, whatever, after, however long later after their truce is done, he would just use that knowledge and go and kill them. I don't know. Yeah, so they're going to have to change it up. And like, how many different films do they have to where you know, we just use this next different type of ink. And, like, right. he's not an idiot. He would have figured out that they switched up, like, the lens. I know. It is, I don't know, pretty dumb. Um, but then we see Scud. He created these new really badass, like, hand blades that he gives to Blade. And they, like, attach to his wrist. And he says, like, oh, whatever. His, his predator cup? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> His uh, whatever science mumbo jumbo. Oh, they have a anti blood clotting serum in it, and they self eject and self reload or whatever bullshit. And they look really cool, but they're used for all of sixty seconds in this entire two hour movie. 
and it just makes me think like why did they even go through the trouble to introduce them at all if they do nothing yeah um but they, they looked cool i guess maybe it was to sell toys you can get the new blade action figure with the interchangeable hands with the hand blades you know that very well could have been it <laughs> or they could have had a lot more scenes where he killed a lot more vampires but they were cut out Maybe that's that's a possibility. I, I'm gonna look it up real yeah. quick. See if I can find an action figure with those hand blades. Buy it now. <laughs> All right, let's see. Blade two action figure. What do we got? Hey, shut up, bro. Trying to do some work here. Puppy. Oh. God, he's so annoying. Uh, no, I'm not seeing any hand blades. Wow, that's disappointing. Oh, man. Oh, wait. Wait. Oh, this one. Hot Toys. <laughs> I look up Blade 2 action figure. I click this picture and it says Black action figure. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, hand blades. I see him. Interchangeable. So, yep. See? In case you guys were, <laughs> were wondering, it was for toys. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. So, we go through the nightclub and oh, my God. It was so fucking funny seeing all these uh shitty vampires dancing i lost it dude two times i watched this movie and when they first go into the nightclub you just see them they're like (laughs) i don't know where vampires learn to dance but it's it's so funny um and then you know we get a a funny moment of Reinhardt, Ron Perlman's character, he's like pointing a gun at Blade through the crowd. And he's like, oh, it'd be so easy for me to kill him right now. But then I like this. It turns out Blade also had a gun pointed at him at the same time. And the camera like goes back to uh, Ron Perlman showing the red dot sight from Blade. And it goes back to Blade and we just see him go. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. <laughs> I love every time in the, in the series, anytime it, like the camera pans back to Blade and shows his smirk and his smile. Like Wesley Snipes fucking kills me, man. Yeah, him and Ron Perlman's chemistry was excellent. Yeah, I, I wish Ron Perlman had more. Like, I feel like since they had so many useless characters, we could have used that extra screen time to to build on that more. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Um, well, he also would have been a good character to keep around for the third film. And possibly yeah. even a fourth as just like this rival because they have this excellent chemistry and he's obviously a really badass character. So they just, they could have done a lot more with him. Yeah. But I have a feeling Guillermo del Toro knew he wasn't coming back for a third one. And he's like, Ron Perlman's my boy. So David Goyer, please kill yeah. him. You don't get to use him when I'm using him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then we, here we see um, the, the squad tracks out a bunch of, reapers in the club and i i don't know what you thought but i thought these reapers look like golem like it was like the way they're like crawling around on all fours and they're all pale and you know super skinny thought they look like smeagol well it was also weird the the way they set up like how much time passes by i don't feel like all of them should have looked that way immediately yeah because he changed them all very recently and they said it takes like a long time for them to to start looking that way well it, it said um it takes like within 20 hours or something they they turn or something well but they said if 
if they don't drink blood, they start to like dehydrate. Like yeah, because they're like crackheads. They have, have all to <clears throat> shoot up. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and yeah, so here, this is where they discover that uh, silver bullets and garlic do nothing to the the reapers. Um, only but then sunlight they still does. waste half the movie shooting them. They're like, it's not working. <laughs> Get them. <laughs> Why is it not working? <laughs> and then we get this, you know, 30-second badass kung fu scene of Donnie Yen showing his skills, martial artsing against the one of the Reapers, and that's the only moment he gets in this entire movie. That's it. Like, I have no idea why he was actually cast in the film outside of doing the stunt choreography, because his skills were so <laughs> wasted. Um like he he even dies off screen a little bit later on. We don't even get to see him die. It, it made me so mad. Um, one thing I noticed though is I thought the the look of the Reapers and all the practical effects, like whenever they showed the mouths opening up and like the alien stuff coming out of their mouth and the gills on the back, I thought it looked really really good. Um, you can tell it was it was good. It was practical, not CGI. Um, yeah, they definitely. They they went up a, a big jump from the the last movie. Yeah. They in the last one over time their effects got worse throughout the movie. Uh-huh. Well, at least in this one it was very consistent. Like they didn't drop down in budget towards the end of the movie. Right, and I, I think we have to owe some of that to Guillermo del Toro because he he always comes up with these really good designs and he likes using practical effects. So I have a feeling he's behind that. Um, and then, of course, this is where Blade and Nomak first, you know, they have their first fight, and it felt so Mortal Kombat, like, this entire scene. They were playing this, like, badass club music in the background, like, and then there's literally a part where Nomad tackles Blade off a platform. They're falling, and as they're falling, he's, like, punching him over and over. It's, it's legit, <laughs> like, like, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um and yeah so they this is where they learn that uv lights and sunlight is what kills the reapers and that's how um you know blade doesn't manage to kill nomak but he uses the light to scare him off and um apparently nissa is also a doctor or a surgeon of some sort because she's like oh no we have to we have to capture this reaper and cut him open and see what's going on inside of him and they find out that it they're so hard to kill because they have like the alien protective stuff in their body and their heart is covered by this like rib cage and so they can't I guess uh, in 2002 they they hadn't quite figured out that you just need a comedic nerd in a lab coat as <laughs> one of the characters because they're just passing out doctors like it's funny I know like anyone who needs one. <laughs> maybe they forgot. Like maybe when David Goyer was writing the script, he like had it all mapped out. But then he's like, "Oh shit! How does how do they know that this is why they can't die? <laughs> oh god, I have to write it. I have to do a quick, you know, rewrite or something." It just felt really ham-fisted and forced in for no reason. Um, yeah. And then there's this one line from Blade that I thought was so fucking stupid. He says, uh, him and Nyssa are talking about killing the Reapers or something, and he's like, Nomak's different. He's the carrier. It all started with him. It'll end with him. Like, what does that even mean? 
<laughs> it's, it's actual gibberish. Kill him first. <laughs> like, but does that are they implying that if you kill him, all the Reapers die? Or, but why? Yeah. I I don't know. I I think that they were confused themselves by <laughs> what their plan was. Wesley Snipes, he's he's like looking at the script. He's like, the fuck is this? And he's like, I'm just gonna say what I want. Just whatever. <laughs> um, we have to kill no mech. And then. So now that they tracked down the rest of the Reapers to the, this like underground sewer area where they're all at, they go back to the warehouse and suit up. And this is like preparing for the final boss fight in the game where, you know, mm-hmm. you, you spend all the money that you've earned from, from killing people and you, you buy the new equipment, you upgrade your gear. It's like Mandalorian style, you know, after each mission, you go, uh-huh. and you, you trade in the gold to make new armor and, somehow overnight or not even overnight and within six hours scud makes these uv bombs which miraculously like somehow this just occurred to you to make this i it's it's so bad um it was so rushed yeah and then uh we try to get a little bit more chemistry between blade and nissa there's a scene where she walks in on him while he's shooting up with his blood serum and um (laughs) there's just so much wrong with this like her line delivery is so damn flat it's like she's trying to give emotion but nothing comes out she's like why do you hate us so much you are one of us i was born this way (laughs) and yeah it's like I get what they were doing. Like I, I liked that they wanted to introduce, you know, kind of this little twist where Blade starts having feelings for a vampire and starts trying to see things from their way, but it just didn't work. Like she just, she's got a, she's a terrible actress. That's my thought. It's just like it didn't work at all. There was no chemistry. There is no emotion. Well, and it just like the the whole hellboy reasoning of like trying to you know show that like you're you're a different kind of monster or like you're you have different feelings inside it was like they're like oh shoot we're three-fourths of the way done and i need to sneak in that hidden message so (laughs) blade's gonna have some uh uh, feelings on whether or not he actually wants to shoot up or not right but it's still it doesn't make sense though he's been on this hunt for vampires for his entire life and then all of a sudden the one vampire chick that he talks to says you're just like us and he's like oh wait you're right i am except i can walk in the daylight and i've killed ten thousand of you guys (laughs) yeah i've literally committed genocide for your race and all of a sudden (laughs) huh maybe i was wrong (laughs) and you know what Maybe 2,000 of those were actually human and I didn't know it, but I am okay with it. <laughs> Fine, because I'm the daywalker. I can do what I want. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, you know, Dr. Nissa also finds a way to harvest the pheromones from the Reaper's adrenal glands, which they're going to use down in the tunnels to attract them all in, which, okay, whatever. Like, I guess that works, <laughs> but... Um, there's this one line from Norman Reedus where they're all suiting up, getting ready to go. And then I think Nissa asks uh, Scud if he's coming down. He's like, no, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I just, I thought it was good line delivery. Gross. <laughs> it was really stupid. It was. It was. But 
<laughs> it was good delivery. I'll give them that. Yeah. And then I don't know if you noticed this, but you know, everyone's suiting up. I, I'm, I, I don't know if this is armor that the squad already had, or if like Whistler made it somehow in five hours, made it for everyone, but everyone's suiting up in this black Power Ranger armor. And Donnie Yen, the Asian guy, he of course has his fucking Asian symbol on his armor as if we forgot he's Asian. <laughs> like, <laughs> so stupid. It looks oh, like they're getting ready to go play laser tag. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and they're like grabbing all these fucking guns, but it's like, why? Why are you grabbing guns? We established this 10 minutes ago. Guns don't do anything, yet everyone's like, like. And also, we have this stupid suit up moment, and we armor up these nobodies who all die, but we don't get any extra footage of Blade dressing up. Like, he doesn't get dressed to the gills with armor. Nothing. He should have put on a completely different costume. Yeah. But he just hangs out in his meditation room for 10 minutes while they all suit up yeah it was made no sense um but yeah so the squad they get suited up then they go down into the sewers and um before that blade has this this pretty badass line though he's like let's just get one thing straight i don't expect everyone to come back from this and you know i like that that was a nice little nice touch um but they go down to the sewers and Somehow through all of this, um, I guess the the big Celtic tank guy with his sledgehammer, he had gotten bit by one of the Reapers, but no one what's noticed. His, what's his real name? It's like Little Tank or Light, I think it's hammer. Light Hammer. Light, Light Hammer. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? So stupid. Um, but he got bit in the neck, but he just so happens to have this one piece of leather armor that goes on the side of his neck that he pulls up to cover the bite nobody notices for however many hours that they took the suit up nobody sees this nobody knows and while they're down in the sewers he fully turns to a reaper within minutes within seconds and he kills Don Yen's character off screen which fucking stupid and then he goes after the pixie cut redhead who I guess was his girlfriend or something and She's like, oh, no, you're coming after me, and climbs up and decides to commit suicide by opening up the sewage grate and burns them both. I really didn't know why that happened. Like, this relationship that they had in this movie, for whatever reason, was so stupid and pointless. It, it added nothing to their characters, added nothing to the story, but I don't know if they wanted it to be emotional that she decided to commit suicide and kill them both by sunlight or something it seemed like something that they they wanted to do more with if they had like a three-hour runtime yeah maybe there's a super extended snyder cut yeah (laughs) this guy like why are you still choosing to live it's not like maybe his intentions were to try to kill like a hundred of them and then himself and then i don't like that we introduced this idea that and we've seen it a few times the vampires have fear yeah. If you're a vampire, you shouldn't have like hardly any emotions, and yet this lady hesitates to kill him because she's afraid. Yeah, or maybe maybe it was more so like, oh shit, you're you're my husband or you're my lover or something. Like, 
I don't know. It was just they could have cut but those two characters out. Her her life because she has yeah. to just open up the the hatch. But she didn't have to though. Like it was just I I don't know. Also, before we go too far, do you remember that when they were talking about hunting them, they said it was going to have to be in the daylight? Yet they uh-huh. never, they just skipped past the fact that none of them had to put on like makeup or anything. They just immediately went into the tunnels. So, like, the daylight part didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. But, but they made a really big deal out of it because, like, Blade was like, oh, six hours and then we go. And then Assad is like, what happens in six hours? Tell me what happens in six hours. And Blade's like, we hunt them in the daylight. And then they go into the sewers. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Um, so yeah, then all the Reapers show up because they start spraying the pheromones and there's hundreds of them. And I kind of like this, this part. Um, this is like one of the, maybe not the final boss fight in the game, but one of the hardest parts of the game where you have to fight off the hordes. And it, uh, it made me think of the Resident Evil movie, the first one where they're in the sewers and, um, they all get, you know, separated and surrounded by zombies. And I liked it. It had a, nice touch to it 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 felt like there's actually some stakes like if you know i actually didn't know that all of them pretty much were going to die at that point uh so i thought i thought it was pretty cool and then uh yeah i was confused by how the uv grenades work though because there's one moment where this again this part makes no sense so blade nissa and Assad are like in this big open area in the sewers the reapers all all of them because they all have a hive mind i guess and have to attack the same thing they can't attack other things so all like 50 of these reapers jump on a sod and they allow nissa and blade to like back up or whatever and then blade jumps in and he throws a uv grenade off to the side starts counting down from 10 dips his blade in the water and then it just so happens that at the count of 10, all the Reapers look over, see his blade in the water, jump into the air. Every single one of them jump into the air. The UV grenade goes off, kills all of them. And while this is happening, Blade decides to <laughs> slice all these dust piles in the midair. And I don't, I don't know. It, it looked cool, but what was happening and why, I don't know. Um, it's kind of like the bullets. Like, I don't get what they're doing with these grenades because either he would just pull the timer and then throw it in the water because there's no reason to throw it off to the side. Yeah. And then B, like, if we're under the assumption that these uh, whatever vampires are stupid, couldn't they just kind of do like a... Um, like a Call of Duty thing where like you have a scented grenade that they all like go to and then it right, blows like them up. The pheromones, like... like a monkey bomb type thing, right? Yeah. Like what the hell? <laughs> it makes no sense. And then so, the, so the many worst... ideas getting jumbled and like yeah. mess. Like there's cool ideas here. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. they're just not done well at all. Like there there's there's a lack of continuity with these grenades too, because uh, you know, probably my favorite shot in this in this movie. Um, this is like a little bit later on in the sewers when 
Blade smashes the pheromones on his body and he's like trying to get all the Reapers towards him so that Nissa and Reinhardt can can escape. Um, he gets, you see all the Reapers surrounding him and he, <laughs> he goes, You obviously do not know who you are fucking with! throws a grenade down but it doesn't take 10 seconds to explode for some reason oh no that one took three (laughs) i know so it explodes and wipes out all these reapers and it made for a really really badass line i think it's my favorite line in all the movies so far um but yeah it makes no sense yeah i love that but i do wish that they would have at least just told us in the beginning that you can change up the time to whatever you want instead of making it a 10 second that makes no sense. Or just not even use the timer at all. I don't know why. Um, But then uh, Whistler, he gets tracked tracked down by uh, what's his face, Nomak. And for some reason, Nomak lets him live, gives him this ring that's from his father, Demeskinos and then tells him, hey, this is what's going on. I was made by Demeskinos. And I I really didn't understand this part. Why would he tell him this? And why wouldn't he kill him? It it makes zero sense. Um, And uh, this is where we find out that the whole time Demeskinos was plotting with Reinhardt to capture Blade after he helped him kill all the Reapers. And so... Another squad of vampire SWAT shows up and they tase Blade and they, they capture him. We find out the plan. And for whatever reason, Nomak runs away. And if he's so powerful, I don't understand why he would run away from... Yeah, he could have taken out every single one of those people. Yeah, single-handedly. So I, I, it just, it's so inconsistent. Like, I don't really understand what's going on. Um, yeah, and if they're going to tell Whistler the plan, then, like, why have him get captured immediately? He could have, like, they then go back and then they prepare to storm yeah. the, the vampire base. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, and to, to make matters worse, so Nomak tells Whistler everything that's going on, right? Then when they capture all of them, they, they round up Blade, Scud, and Whistler, and they take him back to the fortress where Demeskinos is. That's great. And then fucking Whistler tells Blade, hey, guess what Nomak told me? He was created. He's the son of Demeskinos. Big plot twist. And then five seconds later, Demeskinos tells Blade the exact same thing Whistler just told him. I was so baffled. I was, <laughs> both times I watched it, I was like, why did this happen? Why are we hearing the same exact thing? What was the purpose of this? And there is no purpose. That's the thing. Um, also, I'm still confused by why. Uh, okay, so is the grandfather or whatever the hell, is that uh, Nomad or is that Damascus or whoever? Who's the Grand Wizard? Damascus, <laughs> the Grand Wizard. <laughs> is that the, the leader of the KKK? <laughs> That's Damascus. Yeah. 
<laughs> why does he look like that? Because we've seen old vampires in the first one, and no one looks like that. Like, is he especially like ten thousand years old, and you don't get that way until ten thousand? Or maybe they, they called him the Overlord. To... So I don't, I don't really know what that means. I don't, they just never specifically said his age, so like we don't know yeah. what age you start looking ugly. <laughs> well, I mean, Nomak's pretty young, and he's butt ugly, so bad genes <laughs> yeah I would, you're 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 creating a new dna strand with incest <laughs> yeah. instead of like the best genes but then somehow nissa turned out kind of hot so i don't i don't understand she's adopted yeah it must be <laughs> um but then yeah we have the typical you know third act fourth act of the, the action movie where the whole plan gets spoiled scud reveals oh, by the way, I've been working for the vampires. You're an idiot. You didn't know, blah, blah, blah. And he just, he goes through the entire bad guy plot from the start of the movie. He's like, oh, I just let them in, man. You think they got through my security? And um, I will you know. say, as far as a, a villain monologue goes, it was pretty good. Yeah, it it just, like, I, I just hate it when they do this, though. It's like the, the James Bond villain, though, like, mean... yeah. <laughs> I guess. But it wasn't like, like the normal thing that we usually see of like just a plain old villain speech. Right. Yeah, it was, it was, I guess it was okay. Um, but one good thing that does come out of it is, you know, Blade's on his hand and hands and knees and he's like, two things, good. First, I've been on to you since day one. <laughs> and secondly, beep, and he blows him the fuck up. Oh, I thought this was the the scene was cool the story was dumb because they would have 100 percent stolen that remote when they captured blade yeah i don't know so and but But, was it a supposed to be a dud though because scud made it and he said yeah it's a dud but then blade's like no it's not did he fix it i don't know yeah, a lot of left out um, story in there that like we're just supposed to guess. Yeah, whatever. Um, then another thing I hate: Reinhardt takes Whistler to this torture chamber or whatever. Doesn't why doesn't he kill him? Like why is he still left alive enough for him to somehow open up his handcuffs and then beats the shit like this old dude with a gimpy leg? beats the shit out of this vampire who's who was supposedly part of this ultimate team that was training to hunt down blade gets beat by this old man and then whistler doesn't well, kill him doesn't, yeah he just leaves him alive oh it just makes no sense <laughs> and if we're gonna keep playing this gag of whistler not dying ever uh-huh. then why not at least actually kill him and it's like oh my god he died again and then third movie third movie be like nope he's not dead and then at least it's like a joke and it's like a running thing yeah but then so uh during this time they've taken blade and they put him in this machine just like the first one we're gonna drain your blood and do something with your blood whatever yada yada not original yeah and whistler he goes and he saves blade and blade's like so whistler carries him did you notice when he whoever the guy is that's 
talking to Blade on the table. When Whistler shows up, the guy gets shot in the chest, uh-huh. and it looks like the bullets are coming from front on, but Whistler's down in the ductwork. Like, how the hell uh, did he shoot? I didn't notice that. <laughs> forward. Because curve the bullet, man. He went... <laughs> he, he went wanted style. Um, oh, my God. But yeah, so Whistler carries Blade, and they go over, and there's happens to be this big pool. I don't, I don't know. Does Domeskinos have these blood baths everywhere in this fortress? In every room, you have to have blood bath. So... so he carries him over while he's walking around this entire fucking like thing, this mezzanine to get to the, the place where he can dump blade in. Reinhardt's there with a shotgun. He shoots at them like eight times, misses every single shot. And blade gets to jump into the bloodbath and somehow. Which the bloodbath is at most like a few feet deep. He would have cracked his neck <laughs> on the bottom of that pool. I know, but whatever. What a I guess... comic book release where he just like falls in and you hear a snap. <laughs> the bad guys win. But I guess based on this, you know, this type of movie, this lore, it would heal him back anyways. He would. I don't know. I guess yeah, like he he could have survived it regardless, but it's still just dumb. Yeah, and then. But for some reason, Reinhardt thinks he killed him. So he turns around and starts walking away (laughs) for whatever reason. He starts walking away. And then we get this, you know, badass money shot of Blade slowly walking out of the water. and He's all jacked. And you can tell Wesley Snipes dehydrated himself for this scene. And yeah, it's it's all good and fun. And we get like a thousand SWAT vampires rushing in and they they start fighting blade and this was this was done so bad i don't know if you noticed but i caught this the second time watching the editing here was so so bad like there'd be blade would be you know you'd see three people out of a thousand in front of blade he'd go in karate one then the other guy decides to come karate this guy then the third guy decides to come it's always like one at a time when there's a thousand of them, never like everyone surrounding him. And then in one shot, you'll see 50 SWAT dudes behind him. In the next shot, they disappear. This happens over and over and over. And um, I wonder if it's, they didn't shoot enough coverage or if it's just bad editing or whatnot, but well, And what I'm wondering about is, are these actually vampire SWAT or are they human? Because he doesn't need to like, hit them with silver he kind of just disables them yeah i guess we don't know they would just pop right back up maybe they're they're all familiars which could be i don't know Um, why do vampires need protecting (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh and then oh god it just gets so goddamn ridiculous once he you know he's (laughs) knocking out all he's dispatching all a thousand of these you know security guards whatever and then the last one he literally grabs him, picks him up into in the air, lifts him straight up, and suplexes him backwards, WWE style, all while Reinhardt's standing there watching with his shotgun. And then he slithers back up to the thing. <laughs> he like he, just, he jumps up like half a, half a millisecond later. He goes... And 
it was so <laughs> stupid, but I, I, I'll admit it was very comic booky, I guess. I thought I thought he was gonna pile drive that guy into the floor. <laughs> Uh, I, I just I didn't expect it. I didn't know that they're going to be start you know start doing WWE ladder jumps and stuff in this movie, um, and then we get the you know the the not not boss fight but the mini boss fight before the boss fight. Well, he... but we can't skip past him killing um, Ron Perlman's character. How he yeah yeah him this, in half. as I was saying the the mini boss fight and oh okay. Yeah, so Ron Perlman, of course, he's like talking instead of fighting and giving him time to do whatever. And he swings the sword at Blade, and Blade's just like. That was pretty legit. It, yeah, it was badass. And the sword flips in the air for a whole five minutes before it comes back down. And then Blade grabs it and slices him in half. And it was cool. It was a, it was a well deserved death, I guess. Um, and then the second best part of the movie is blades walking towards the room to go look for uh nomak or whatever and whistler up on the mezzanine still he goes hey kid and he throws his oakley sunglasses towards him and <laughs> blade grabs him and slaps him on because he can't i guess that's the source of all of his powers it's like thor with mjolnir if he doesn't have his oakley's he can't he's not strong enough um yeah but the oakley's are super weird in this trilogy like we never it's just his character he just has to have them yep i i like it it's it's very comic booky you know i i actually really liked it it's very kishy yeah and then he gets this super badass superhero landing yep which this is another part where the cgi was really really well done he's like standing up on top and he like does this front flip down and stabs uh nomak and it Seriously, I couldn't tell it was 2002. It, the CGI looked better than some of the stuff you'll see today in 2021. So I thought that was really impressive. Oh, yeah. But then, of course, they overdo it in this 10-minute fight scene. God, this fight scene just dragged on. It was so long. And, so long. <laughs> and there was, like, the thing is, like, there was some cool choreography and, you know, it looked good, but it dragged on and there were no stakes. Like, I... It's the end of the movie. I didn't think Blade was going to die. And I, I don't know. It was whatever. And then they did overdo the CGI a little bit. And they had Blade do like six more flips and shit. And whatever. It was fine. It was, it was the boss fight. Um, and see anything else here at the end? <clears throat> uh, when Blade finally does kill Nomak, it's like, they do this Mortal Kombat style like finishing move where Blade, you know, he sneaks the the half of his broken sword or whatever up and stabs Nomak. And you uh, see that the X-ray vision of the sword going up and getting under the rib cage and into the heart. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, if they were going this cheesy, was, they might as well add it. <laughs> they just didn't set up very well, like the parameters of this bone covering their heart. Yeah. Because if it's just a regular bone, I feel like after a while, shooting them would get through. Right. If but they shot in like one spot, but they don't. They just I guess pass it. only only swords can get underneath it. Bullets don't do anything. Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And so before Blade had killed him, Nomak killed Demeskinos, his father, and 
he bit Nissa, who is his sister, and uh, Nissa tells Blade as she's dying, like, oh, I want to die as a vampire. Don't let me turn into a reaper, but I want to see the sunlight. So he takes her outside and lets her die by the, the sun coming up. And I don't know if you noticed, but while they're there on the balcony in the back, when it you see the building in the background, the fortress, God, the CGI looks so bad there. They spent all the money yeah. for the CGI in the in the fight scenes and left none of it here. And it looked like Black Panther. The end of Black Panther, when Black Panther and Killmonger are like watching the sunrise or the sunset or whatever, and they have the terrible CGI cliff. Oh God, it looked just like that. It's a hard scene to perfect. <laughs> yeah, only only the you know the masters, the master artists can can get it. Um, I do like how the movie ends, though. So we get this little epilogue where we see that a uh, Euro vampire from the very beginning of the movie that knew Whistler's location. Um, Blade told him in the in the start, "Hey, if you tell me where Whistler is, you show me where he is. I'll let you live. I'll I'll uh, consider you a loose end." And I we have this epilogue at the end where he he finds that vampire and he's like, "Did you think I forgot about you?" and it's a good little I thought that was perfect. teaser. Yeah. It gave us another one of those like funny looks at Boyd where he's like being this weirdo who's a little bit cheesy. <laughs> yeah, he's like and <laughs> I feel like they were one beat away from him showing up in like uh like a lingerie set with his sword. <laughs> <laughs> and it just what, zooms uh, in on his, in his room, smile. So the part. Yeah. <laughs> he's a method actor. Now, now. <laughs> Magic Mike starts playing. Well, all right. That uh, that about does it now. That we have to get into overall impressions and opinions. Um, nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. The scoring. So overall, what did you feel about this movie? Likes, dislikes, and then wrap it up with your score. Yeah. Um, so I definitely like the new the fight scenes the choreography i just wish that they would have pulled back just a hair because i feel like they did a good job of showing how blade is different from vampires and how much more powerful he is because he's he can truly do things that they cannot do and we see that with him doing these like flips even though they kind of screwed up by letting other vampires do it too like the two ninjas uh-huh. so like, I just wish they would have pulled back on that just a little bit, and it would have been a really good transition to showing us his new, like, maybe he's been training, maybe he, he got a really big power boost from when he drank blood last time. Yeah. Um, but overall, it was great action, so it was nice to, to have it. Like, I'll take it. Uh, the story was definitely disappointing. Mm. Um, that's that's definitely where they lacked like they they had a great cast a great setup and premise awesome director but then like somewhere within the lines i don't know if it was like the ratings like they couldn't go too hard with the r or it was a matter of money but like they just somewhere within the middle they they slipped and they they missed out on an opportunity to make an amazing film so what do you think would have made it better? I think if we would have gone even more dark or comedic, comedic like 
all these movies, they always, they play it safe and they play it in the middle. So they don't go like crazy. Like it would have been cool to see him do some like finishers or like something stupid if we're going that way. Yeah. It goes super. And, and with the, like they went overboard with the gymnastics and, um, (laughs) you know, like comic booky stuff. So then if we're doing that, let's, let's go all the way and let's, right. let's just get balls to the wall. Yeah. But I think they just played it too safe and didn't go all out. Yeah. Or they, they tried to, but then failed. They didn't go Thor Ragnarok with it. Yeah. That would have been the thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Cause it's, this was 2002. We said, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's just hard comparing compared to today's versions where, like, we can right. go however we want. Like, people are going to watch, so they can do whatever direction that they want to do. So I I feel like they, they kind of did as best as they could for the time, but at the same time, they, they could have done a lot better because I feel like he did a much better job with Hellboy, at least number one, maybe not number two. Yeah. Um, I thought number two is way better, actually. <clears throat> you think so? Yeah. I'd have to rewatch it to, to remember, but we could also do those in yeah. the future too. There we go. But yeah, uh, I mean, how overall, would you compare this to the first one? Oh god, better in a sense because I feel like the first one had a lot of like empty stuff that we just did not care to see. So many introductory scenes, like seeing his mother for literally no reason. A lot of like wasted time where he could have been fighting. So I, I feel like it was overall. The I think the plot was more solid in the first one. What about uh, the villain? How how would you compare the villain in this one or villains compared to the first one? First one did it better because what the hell is his name? Uh, Deacon Frost. Who, yeah, 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 Deacon Frost. He at least was very villainous and he had a plan. He was very smart and he had all these things set up. And then in the second one, we get introduced to um, Assad? Overlord. Uh, <laughs> Demeskinos. The Overlord. <laughs> there's so many villains getting thrown around here i know and they're all just kind of fumbling around like setting each other up but then like not really accomplishing what they want and i just feel like deacon was a lot smarter and a better villain okay yeah so i mean overall i as an action movie i would give it maybe like a a seven but maybe even drop it down for their their use of cgi and stunts mm-hmm. and then for for plot i would definitely give it like a five or a four okay so what about if you had to give it one overarching score i got six and a half okay yeah what do you got uh you can do it 
Yeah, this one was, it was difficult for me because, you know, like I said at the start, like I remembered this one being the best out of the trilogy, but after watching it twice, it's, it's really tough for me to say if this is better than the first one or if I would rank it like right on par with the first one. And yeah, um, I personally think the story's a little bit better. Like I, I hated oh. Frost in the first movie. Like Frost was not intimidating whatsoever. He was a punk ass little bitch. And yeah, I didn't really like, I, I, I liked his motivations a little bit like that. At least that was a little more defined. Like, Oh, I'm a young new vampire breed. And I think we're better than the humans. And then these other vampires don't agree. So I, I liked that part more here. I don't, understand nomax motivations at all i don't think he has any yeah it's like <laughs> my daddy made me yeah. so i'm pissed so i want to kill everybody and but but then they reveal this like throwaway line at the very very end of the movie i guess nomac has been in pain the entire time since he was made but like nothing ever is mentioned of that so i feel like they could have done something <laughs> with that there he was pretty emo because at the end when he gets stabbed, he's like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, but then it, it's like never talked about in the entire movie outside of that part. Like, I just don't understand. Like, they could have done something more with that to give him actual motivations because all I understood of what he wanted was to kill his daddy. That's it. And I thought that's, oh. that's a really weak story point for a character. Um, but I, I feel like there's something missing from this movie that I felt like from the first one too, that makes it so that these movies aren't excellent. Like they're good, not great, yeah. but I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like such an interesting character like Blade, such a good portrayal of the character from Wesley Snipes. There's just mm -hmm. something missing. And I just, I, I honestly I, don't even know what it is. <laughs> I feel like it's just a lot of something like, those little choices that they decide not to do, the use of Whistler when he's the worst character. Yeah, he really it, is. It's just so many things adding up that it's like, it just pulls you out of it being a great movie. Yeah, but but that's the thing, like they're good. Like if they come on TV, I'll watch them because watching Wesley Snipes do his thing is really, really entertaining. But when he's not doing his thing, I'm just like, Eh, like a lot of this is and that's passable. why it doesn't hold up because like if it if it's on and playing it just makes you want to fast forward to like the action scenes or like where it's good it doesn't hold yeah. up to your attention yeah and at least for the first one wesley snipes had a lot you know i said this before like he had more of those money shots where it's like the camera focuses on him zooms in on him and he like smiles or he like gives the one-liners and there's less of those in this movie which i felt made it a little less enjoyable um but yeah. overall i feel like this movie was made better than the first one maybe thanks to guillermo del toro the mm -hmm. i found the design um of the reapers actually pretty scary like they're pretty intimidating um not so much oh, wow. nomac nomac wasn't scary to me at all but then his little reaper buddies were um so i thought that was an interesting choice um this movie does feel 100% like a video game to me, though. I will say that. And <laughs> sometimes 
that works in favor of the movie. And I feel like with, with this, it kind of does, but it also kind of detracts from it. Like we get that squad of useless vampires, which I really, I'm curious as to why they were written into the movie at all or why they were written the way they were. Like maybe there's a super extended cut somewhere where they all had bigger roles, maybe not. But mm-hmm. like, I, I feel like there was a, there's the intro to the game. There's this, you know, side quests at the beginning, the side missions, then you get the upgrades and team building, and then you get the boss fights. And so if someone's into, you know, seeing a live action reproduction of a video game, like this could be for you. Um, but I do feel like this has the same problem as the first movie with, with the villains to where they're just inadequate. Like I hated Deacon Frost and Nomak could have been good but his motivations weren't. And so. At the end of the day though, who is, who is better as a villain? Who do you think did it better? You got to give it to Deacon, right? Just because his motivations make sense, but I hated his character. He just wasn't scary whatsoever. He at least had follow through and he had like a full concise plan. Yeah, but it, it didn't make any sense that it would take Blade so long to hunt him down and kill him. You know, that part made yeah. no sense to me. They both have faults. Yeah. Um, so comparing the first movie and this one, I think maybe I like the first one more, um, which surprised me. So I, I would give this one overall a, a 6.5, just exactly like you. And nice. which is really surprising. Like going into this, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be so much better. Like it starts off, you know, okay. It starts off decently strong and, and we're getting to expand on this universe already established from the first one, but it just didn't do it as well as I'd hoped. So yeah, 6.5. I don't remember exactly what we scored the first one, but I feel like it was pretty high, like maybe an eight or so. I think I gave it an eight. Yeah. Other than Donatus's two that he gave it <laughs> his negative <laughs> yeah um all right so if you guys have any you know opinions comments uh questions about this whole thing leave us comments on on you know social media platforms and such but uh yeah right now we usually take this time to to do a quick discussion on any future events uh future reviews current events anything like that so Anything coming up that's exciting? Besides the Snyder Cut, of course. March 18th, baby. Oh, gosh. Yeah, four hours. Um, <laughs> I tried to... Caitlin took the day off from work. I couldn't, but I, I, I like, took the afternoon off. You so have we it can... planned out? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. We're going we're gonna to go get ice cream. Yeah. We're going to go get fucking pizza or something. We're going to get movie snacks, popcorn. It's, it's going to be a thing. I'm so excited. I'm pretty sure I'm going to the movie theater alone. <laughs> I don't, it's not going to be in theaters. You got to watch it at out. home. Well, oh. Better get her in check. Okay. I don't, I don't know if she saw the last one, but I'm pretty sure it was tough. She, it's hard getting Allison to watch DC movies because they're so different from Marvel. So uh, it's like, so she's not on really the Marvel crowd. <laughs> yeah, non comic uh. person. I don't know. Uh, but we actually saw a movie in theaters the other week. Ooh, what movie? Uh, I think Nudes from Around the World, the one with Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. 
How was that? It was pretty good. It kind of it kind of reminded me of True Grit. Um, yeah, the story seems other, like yeah, but pretty good. Yeah, I've heard some good buzz around that movie. I, I think maybe it got nominated for some some awards for this year. Um, we saw we saw some trailers, which was fun. Um, which is funny because a lot of the movies you see in the trailer are like already on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm getting excited for this movie that has um, shit, what's his name? Is it Stephen Yoon, the guy from Walking Dead? Oh yeah, Minari. Oh god, I yeah, want to watch that, that so really bad. Um, they actually, you you can watch it now um, on streaming. It's like it's one of those where you can rent it for oh. like twenty dollars or something to watch. And I I might do it because I've heard such good things and. Mm. Honestly, with like, I don't know if you've heard, but all the the Asian like beatings and stuff that have been going on around the country, like like elderly Asian people Ooh. getting getting assaulted all over the country, um, it's kind of an it's an interesting time to have a movie like this, and I, I think it's you know it's culturally relevant. Dude, I mean, COVID took us five st- steps back from Crazy Rich Asians, like. <laughs> yeah. They were growing yeah. in popularity, and then it's yeah. it's fucked up stuff that's been going on. But yeah, I think yeah, I think I, I think Stephen Yoon can bring it back. He he's like the the hero amongst the Asian groups. I think. Yeah, so, he's him and um, John Cho. I yeah, think they're they're kind of uh, yeah. changing the the cultural understanding of like Asian actors, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, I know Godzilla versus King Kong is coming out the end of this month or uh, yeah, March, I guess March is tomorrow, but end of March following Snyder cut, which is super exciting. Looks a little bit weird. I don't know how I feel about that one. The trailer looks like it's going to be cheesy. Oh, of course. I mean, it's Godzilla versus King Kong. That's what it's like watching Transformers. Set your expectations low. (laughs) Oh, mine are going to be high. I'm excited. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, Mortal Kombat. Have you seen those trailers? Oh, I'm pumped for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it looks I've never so bad, original. but good. Yeah, it, it at least looks like a huge step up from uh, the original Mortal Kombat. Like Dude, they're, they're the originals were the dope. Pretty well. were yeah, they? yeah, they were surprised. I, okay, the first one. I don't. I can't speak for the second one. But the first one. It's it's seriously. It felt like a like a cheesy Jackie Chan movie that like doesn't take itself too seriously. So it ends up being better than you would think. What I'm hoping for, and I don't think there's been any leaks yet, but I hope that they manage to somehow bring in like a, uh, almost like an Easter egg of like a, a fighter pack. So like bring in the Terminator or someone stupid who just comes <laughs> in and gets like a finisher. Like the expansions. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, when I was watching the trailer for for the first time. When you see the dude playing Scorpion say "Get over here," I was like, "This is so fucking bad," but it's gonna be so good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just as bad, and I think they do this too. They mention within their own world, it's gonna be a Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I think th- this is a movie that knows exactly what it is. It's just like Godzilla vs. King Kong. Like, it's like, we know we're tackling something so fucking corny, so fucking cheesy. Yeah, so yeah. just hop in for the ride, eat some 
you know, popcorn and enjoy yourself. So it's going to be a good Which one. Which is good. That means they, they have a high chance of not screwing up by <laughs> going in there, doing what they know. Right. Hopefully. We'll see. You know, we'll, we'll find yeah. out. Yeah. If they start taking themselves seriously, I'm out. Yeah. Um, I heard this the other day. I don't, I don't know if it's officially been announced, but uh, apparently J.J. Abrams is now tapped to produce, maybe direct, I think just produce a new Superman reboot, which blows my fucking Ooh. mind. Like Henry Cavill is already such a good Superman. Do not waste him, Warner Brothers. What the fuck are you doing? Like, I don't know. I think the people are wanting a fifth chance for Brandon yeah. Ralph. No, they're going to go with a black actor. It's going to be black oh, Superman. Of course. The yeah. Rock. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm cutting deals pretty, pretty tight with Marvel, but I think we can get me out of it. No, he's, he's already playing Black Adam, remember? Yeah. Oh, wait, is that, that is DC. Yeah. Um, all right, what about, uh, we'll make a joke of it and just have Idris Elba. The Black Superman. Yeah, he was already Black Superman. So <laughs> that'd be hella meta. That's like Deadpool level of meta. Um, yeah, I don't know who else today could really play it off. It would probably be, you know, kind of a lesser known actor. But I just, I think it's so stupid. Like, Henry Cavill's only been Superman since 2013 in three movies. Like, leave him, let him shine. Like, there's so much potential. Yeah it's wb just doesn't know what the fuck they're doing like and apparently Zack snyder just released uh he just teased that he ends his his snyder cut with a big cliffhanger because he's hoping that like you know if there's positive reception to the movie and there's enough like you know good reviews and so many people watching it that maybe somehow um Warner Brothers will allow him to finish his his story arc because he he had it planned out for um, three Justice League movies like a five five movie plan, um, uh-huh. and so I'm I'm really curious to see what cliffhanger this is because if somehow this happens like he leaves on a cliffhanger and there's positive reception for the movie that they green light him to finish his his story on like HBO Max or something like, dude, it's gonna be so good. I think it's really good really good timing and I, I feel like the probability is pretty high because we're kind of getting towards the end of a Marvel era and we've yeah. seen what can happen if you get these like 10 movie arcs and the buildup is amazing right and but so, WB execs are fucking stupid so who knows yeah who knows um, anything else that you can think of coming out soon uh, I got a couple things i wanted to talk about um one being walking dead but before we get to that uh me and the wife were watching cheaper by the dozen last night it's on disney plus uh-huh. good throwback movie yeah uh, and if anyone wants to go back and watch it you can fast forward but very early appearance by jared padalecki he was one of the school bullies oh really yeah and he he's like He's picking on uh, Tom Welling's character because they just moved into the new school. That's ironic. And it's crazy. Yeah, because Jared is like a good two inches taller than Tom Welling, which is yeah. crazy. That 
freak was six foot seven in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, he came out of the womb like seven feet tall. <laughs> yeah, broad shoulders, six pack. Now, did that first one come out? <clears throat> um, of course, this is the remake because there was an original movie, I think, back in the 70s or whatever. Um, oh, but yeah. Did that movie come out around the time of Smallville? Was this when Tom Welling was like getting big as a Smallville? think so let me see i don't even, yeah i don't remember when those it was no. cheaper by the dozen was 2005 this smallville was 2001 so yeah he would have been at the height mm. yeah that's interesting but it's also so funny because uh when the dad greets tom Wong's character for the first time in his room he's like what's up teenager it's like uh-huh. Dude, you are 25 years old in this <laughs> I don't know why they like Hollywood loves to cast like 40 year olds as teenagers like it makes no sense it's because teens can't be hot or get like the the muscle structure that a 30 year old can with Hollywood steroids a five-year-old could get the Hugh Jackman steroids like they can get that look Uh, and then Walking Dead so I just saw Something pops up that they have new episodes coming out. I haven't watched it in forever. Are you still up to date with Walking Dead? No. So I never watched past. Um, I watched the first couple episodes of season seven, but then I I kind of mm-hmm. drifted off because I, I you know had didn't have enough time to keep up with it. But I've since it's all on Netflix, I've been you know slowly making my way up, and I'm up to season four now, I believe, and it's it's a really good show. Are they on eleven? <clears throat> Uh, 11 or 12 it's the final season i know that um jesus what are they doing well it, it's it's kind of like supernatural where like it is really it starts off really really strong for the first few seasons then it kind of takes a dip like i think season seven and eight are supposed to be not very good so similar to supernatural yeah. and then and then it picks back up and they had a new showrunner um in season nine to the current one and it, apparently it's it's like really really good so I'm excited to, to catch up and actually finish off the series because it's one of those where like yeah there's some not so good filler episodes and, and here and there but overall like the story's really good I think it's a very interesting you know idea and mm-hmm. good, good acting too so hmm. are you uh, are you watching through it right now? No <laughs> Well it's all on I, Netflix I pop up and I was like, huh. Yeah, you should check it out. Um, I've been currently rewatching Game of Thrones, and I think I'm on. Oh, me too. Reno. Hey, me too. Yeah. What uh, what episode? You, I just watched the one where Daenerys takes uh, the Unsullied, and so mm-hmm. she kills all the slave owners. That might be the most badass scene in TV history. Yeah. That my problem with that show is like there's some characters and I think this is inevitable in a show this you know that big where there's so many different characters mm-hmm. there's some characters I just literally do not give a shit about like I yeah. never even reading the books watching the show I never gave a shit about Daenerys I hate whenever they cut to her story like it's just really she's just like a whiny little brat that like I don't know I, I really I just don't give a shit and i do feel like i remember like past this one insane scene they kind of like fall off from her being really badass 
then they could have done a lot more with her. But then you couldn't drag it out to be eight seasons or whatever it was. Right. It would have been a two season show because she'd kill everyone. Right. Yeah. Like whenever, um, whenever you see Arya, I really like following her story and see like, you know, oh, yeah. her story is so sad and so fucked up and, you know, she's a really good actress. Um, and then um, I really like seeing her. I like whenever we see Tyrion, uh, Jamie Lannister, and then uh, Rob Stark. I like following these characters, but then like, I think based on the books, Jon Snow's story gets better after this season or maybe towards the end of the season. But the first few seasons, I, I don't really care that much about what's going on with the, the Night Watch, you know? Mm-hmm. Later on, it gets way better. What's the you've seen up to? Uh, where I am now. So I, I'm just at the part oh, where... Three? Yeah. Um, Brienne and Jamie just got captured by the, oh, the flayed men. Oh, people. that was insane. Insane. yeah you really felt like she was gonna get raped yeah well I, so i've read the books up until i think season four is where um i was in the books like midway through season four um so i've never seen past season three though so i, I know a lot of the stuff that's gonna happen but so i last time i think i watched up to season we watched season seven uh-huh. and then we just never watched the final season <laughs> Here you're not missing out. How much goes on? Yeah, with with how much goes on and the like wait times in between, I always forgot like what happens in between because mm. so much like happens in these seasons and it's hard to follow. So yeah, that's why I wanted to walk watch through again and actually pay attention. Dude, imagine reading the books. Like how the books are written so interesting. It's like the first book you follow maybe like five different characters throughout the entire book. So it'd be like a chapter following Ned Stark, a chapter following Jon Snow, a chapter following mm-hmm. uh, whoever. And then usually the next book follows different characters. So it's interesting that you see things and hear things from different characters' perspectives, like good guys and bad guys. But then since there's so many fucking characters, you'll like, I got to book four and I was like, uh, I don't want to read a whole book with these characters. I don't care about them. I want to go back to the, characters from book two and isn't it hard reading it too because i've heard that with how exciting the show is and how cool it looks it's hard to like read the books and take it seriously no i actually i mean i will always think this season one was such a good adaptation of book one like Mm. it's i think it's help having the visual helps when you're reading the book but he, he, he gives a lot of detail for sometimes important things, sometimes not important things. He's like, oh, this rock. This rock has been in King's Landing for 30 years, and let me tell you about this rock. And I'm like, okay, I don't give a fuck about the rock. Like, go to the characters. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, speaking of the rock, just started watching Young Rock. <laughs> I saw commercials for that. I was like, this is so stupid. What it, why does he have his own show about his childhood now? It's pretty legit. It's it's funny. Oh, um, I bet. Randall yeah. Park is really cool in it. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, it's it's just like everybody hates Chris. It's a funny, yeah, I you know, to be childhood like show. What about a uh, Wandavision? Speaking of Randall Park, did he show up in that? Have you seen it? Yeah, I'm on episode two or three. 
Yeah, he. I think he's been in it from episode one. He's the, the oh. FBI guy. He's um, he was originally in the Ant Man movies, and now he's yeah he's in that show. God, Randall Park is so funny. I yeah, always be my maybe is amazing. Um, yeah. Um, I was trying to let them bank up so I'd have a few episodes to watch, mm. but it's so hard because people spoil it everywhere. I know you just have you just have to watch them. <laughs> Damn. It's really good though. Like I was I was really skeptical when they first announced it. I was like, who wants to watch this? Like this is so stupid. But every episode just gets better and better. And it's like they slowly build on this, like, you know, this universe. And it's it's so good. Did you read about how um I think they got the rights back and they're gonna try to do something again with um Either the Golden Fist or whoever the hell from Marvel, that guy. Iron Fist? Yeah. In this show? No, no, like he's he's gonna get like a new show or a movie or something. Well, I, I know that they um they officially got the rights back to use the all the uh Marvel Netflix characters like Daredevil, uh Luke Cage, mm-hmm. Jessica Jones. It might have actually stuff. been Daredevil. Yeah, well, there's, um, there's rumors that Daredevil is going to be in the Spider-Man movie. Rumors, not confirmed, but that'd be sick. I thought the Iron Fist guy, go, though, got uh, in trouble at one point. I don't know. That's the uh, one Defender got, show I never watched. <laughs> they got uh, the Punisher back, and I've heard that they're going to keep using John Bernthal. Uh, I'm a little skeptical, unless it's officially announced, like, that... I haven't seen the show, but I've heard it's like super fucked up and like gritty and violent and stuff. I can't imagine Disney wanting to be like, yeah, it's come awesome. back us. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. I'm hopeful. Uh, yeah. All right. Any other new things coming up? No. Um, I guess we need to decide what we want to do next. Um, we can finish so up guys, late. We can either... We well, we can either finish up Blade, and it's going to be rough because I know this is the one not a lot of people like the Reynolds Blade. <laughs> um, or we could, you know, get to a little bit of a better movie, go to Underworld. A um, little bit better. I don't, I don't remember too much. It's been a long time. Um, I feel like the storytelling and the setups in Underworld is better. Yeah, like the the mythology. Yeah, the lore and mythology is, if anything, about those movies. So I guess it's it's pretty well established. Or it's never too late to start our Twilight-a-thon. I don't want to have my heart broken again. I don't want to cry. Okay. Uh, is that a rat in the back of your room? <laughs> yep. That's a, that's a... I call him a kangaroo. He looks like a kangaroo. Don't you? He's got his sweater vest. Grogu. <laughs> Grogu. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd be down to do either uh, Blade, Trinity, or we could start Underworld as well. What do you What do you think in between the two? We might just have to wrap up loose ends and get Trinity out of the way. Yeah. If we don't, we're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to go back and watch it right before the new one comes out. And- you know, 
Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I guess one but, bright bright side of this movie is it has a uh, Dominic Purcell from uh, Prison Break. So, yeah. <laughs> although I'm pretty right, sure well, he's Australian and he's playing Vlad the Impaler, <laughs> so I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Why don't we at least give ourselves a break and we'll release a couple of Supernatural episodes for you guys. That way we'll give you guys a break, we'll give ourselves a break, we'll come yep. back refreshed. <clears throat> In the interim, we'll get some, yeah, supernatural in there for the fans. Uh, we're gonna try to do a double. Um, they won't necessarily come out on the same day, though. We'll probably try to stagger it. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see how lazy I feel. You know, we'll see how much time I have on um, <laughs> the editing process. Uh, if you guys donate to uh if you start up a start up a patreon if you guys give us some money we could hire an editor and then we'll get you episodes every week (laughs) yeah you might you might not see the the result of that money immediately but (laughs) over the course of a couple years you'll see it's like investing in stocks you don't you know you might not get your dividends every day every week every year maybe 10 years and you'll you know five bucks will turn to ten dollars one person one person who made a hundred bucks off a uh, Dogecoin. <laughs> this guy. Oh boy. I was hoping right. for it to be a million, but. Hey, I still, I have a lot of money in a uh, GameStop right now. I'm still, Ooh. I'm waiting for it to no, skyrocket. <clears throat> nope. I never pulled out. You, you missed your shot. <laughs> Ever since high school. Never. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that wraps it up for us uh can you want to give the outro a shot well thank you fans and listeners and now viewers for checking in and tuning in to scary sci-fi sluts podcast this has been a a good review wrap-up of blade two um if you have any comments concerns criticisms if you want to just say hi say hey fuck you guys you suck whatever you want to say you can find us on apple podcasts spotify um oh god there's some others uh stitcher Podbean. there there's like wherever yeah go go and even if you you know don't want to listen to the podcast if you don't want to yeah youtube now um Give us an upvote, give us a like, something, say hi, whatever. We appreciate it. it helps people find us. And yeah, we're trying we, to get some sponsors. Yeah, we need some sponsors. I keep getting these notifications from, from Podbean saying, hey, if you had 2,000 listeners and each one gave a dollar, that'd be $2,000 a month. So you guys, upside. we're only 1999 away. So <laughs> but until next Share, time. Subscribe. <laughs> Uh, Stay scary and stay sexy.